theme in the book is uh-huh. breaking out of silos. Right. <laughs> yeah. The remix is. The- Welcome to Think Like a Brand, Not a Bank, midweek mini-series of the Rockstar CMO Effing Marketing Podcast based on the book of the same name by my chum Liz High and her co-author Alison Netzer. I hope you're having a good week. Regular listeners, do not adjust your sets. Yes, it's Wednesday. Happy Hump Day and we'll be back as normal on Saturday. In a moment, you'll hear from Liz, an Insight Ninja, marketing strategy speaker and author who has worked with some amazing brands and more recently has focused on supporting fintechs, banks and credit unions to embrace brand thinking. And has written a book about it. I'm your host, Ian Truscott. I'm no rock star, but a seasoned B2B tech CMO with a marketing book buying problem. And don't be deterred by not a bank in the title, as I'll be on hand, as there's plenty that other marketers can learn from the research and insights found in this book. Speaking of which, Liz's book describes five principles. Last week, we talked about the second of those, embrace tension and create contradictions. And this week, Rather appropriately for a show called Rockstar, we focus on number three. Cue the remix. But first, we need to pay the bar tab. I'll be back in a moment. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome back, Liz, to Rockstar CMO. Think like a brand miniseries based on your book. Think like a brand, not a bank. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my coffee quotient up for the day, so feeling gradually better. Splendid, splendid. That's always good, isn't it? A bit of coffee because mm-hmm. I'm talking to you from the UK and you're in Seattle, so it's earlier in the morning for you than yeah. it is for me. Uh, so this week, uh, so we're on we're on number four of our little mini series. This week we're going to talk about your third principle from the book. Cue the remix. Uh, I love the tales of your uh, of your different <laughs> principles. They're cool. And cue the remix is excellent for a rockstar CMO. So why should we cue the remix, Liz? So I think um, I've talked a little bit about it. One of my personal fears as someone who's worked in innovation and CX Mm -hmm. design, you know, across the years is when I'm suddenly faced by a completely blank sheet of paper. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of (laughs) mythology in every industry that innovation has to be 100% blue sky and, you know, you need to rip everything up and start all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Cue the remix so, of the antidote to that. Right, right. So you're suggesting that we start with something we already have. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think uh, we talked in the, the last episode about stopping when you get to a yes, but yes. that most banks have never traditionally done that. There's, mm. you know, add more and more and offer more yeah. and more. Yeah. So the idea between behind Cue the Remix is to make a virtue out of that. 
Right, right. So, so you've got a lot of products, a lot of experiences. What else can mm-hmm. you do with them? Right, right. And is that, I mean, are you saying that we're remixing in order to um, bring new services and products and stuff to the audience? Or are we saying we're going to kind of bring this stuff together and reduce the complexity? Yeah, it's bringing things together. Yeah. Right, right. And the the example that I, I'll use here is the, you know, the gig economy. It's one of the mm. fastest growing economies in the world, um, depending mm. on, you know, whose numbers you believe. You know, it's going to yeah. be a nearly a $500 billion kind of sector by right. kind of next end of next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know, as we go into recession, gig work tends to kind of go up. So you know, we're yeah. likely to see maybe those figures grow even further. Mm-hmm. And we're getting to a point where pretty much everyone at some point in their career will have had a gig role. Right. Right. Now, if you go into traditional banks, mm-hmm. and you know, I think we we kind of have an example where if you go in, you say, "I'd like to open an account." Mm-hmm. The first thing they'll say is. Is that a business account or is that a personal account? Right. Now, if you're a gig worker, you're not really a business, but you've got business people's needs. Mm -hmm. And you're not really a retail because your standard retail account doesn't deliver what you need to do. Right. But the content, all the products, all the services, all of the compliance, all of the technology has already been built. Mm-hmm. to meet that gig worker's needs but it's right. just separated in the bank right 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 so this is and is some of this about op- the way you work operationally about bringing these folks together i mean like last week we were talking about oh there's a chief loan officer for example and they're going to look at everything as a loan so is that the same thing where you're bringing together these different disciplines within the financial organization thinking yeah. how do i serve this particular new maybe persona if we think about the gig economy kind of person yeah absolutely and you know as a regulated industry you know it's not it's Mm -hmm. not as easy as just bringing it all together there's work to be done yeah but in terms of any growth or any innovation there is always work to be done right right and in terms of I mean really the book is about you know thinking like a brand us, Mm -hmm. us brand building how does that affect, I mean, does that confuse the brand? Are we, are we bringing something new into the, into the market? Or is, because last week you were talking about very much about, you know, the, the, the find the first yes and really focus. Mm-hmm. Do, does some of these remixes make things more complicated or simpler, do you think, for the audience? For the so brand? there's two, I think a lot of it depends on the culture of the, the institution. And mm-hmm. I think in, in you know, my time working with, with Nimbus, you would, you know, yeah. find banks that were very comfortable with the mm-hmm. idea of, of identifying a group of customers, building the services to deliver, and then creating a new brand. So a powered yeah. by brand. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Where you're building the equity of your main brand, but you're creating something that's new and highly specific for the market. Right, right. So it's, it's, I mean, it's a bit like the example we were using again last week, wasn't it, about new business, same with your gig, your gig worker kind of example. Yeah. So is that the way that you're seeing um, financial organisations work, is they actually build something cool and niche and different, but it's actually a sub-brand within their brand, and therefore they can... So for me, I can, I can identify it as being, I think we used the word community last week, and we, I identify this is for my community, this is for me, and I'm not bothered that it's by 
XYZ major high street bank powered yeah. by. Mm-hmm. And maybe I feel good about that because it might mean, oh, well, they won't go bust. But yeah. everything else about it is absolutely tuned to my need. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that yeah. it's one of the tensions between banks and fintechs yeah. is that, you know, the the fintechs can do this really easily. And I'll talk about yeah. one in a minute called Move. But actually, yeah. banks can do it as well. It just takes mm-hmm. a it takes that innovator, um, mm-hmm. you know, in in a role. So I'm going to tell a very quick story because it's one of my favorites. Mm. Um, yeah. I worked with a very small um, community bank um, called Iroquois. Uh, I have all these banks with strange names. Yes, Iroquois um, yeah. um, Federal and Savings. And mm-hmm. it was a bank that served for 100 odd years the rural community of Watsika, mm-hmm. which is in Chicago, Illinois. Right. But the two leaders of that institution were very kind of pro-digital. They were focusing on building digital profiling, Mm -hmm. but they Mm -hmm. worked out they had an unsuccessful launch of just a standard like Chime Compete, which didn't play well to their customers. Mm -hmm. So I worked with them to help develop a new brand called Hitched. Mm -hmm. which is a very modern brand, which is about young people when they first get married or move in together or engaged, where you Mm -hmm. have to have that money conversation. That's about how do we save for our wedding and future? How do we save for what's our next big goal? Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes money's unequal. You know, one person owns a house, one doesn't. One gets paid a lot, one doesn't. How do you bring that together so you've got shared savings goals? And Iroquois took that and they're now running a national brand. Wow. Wow. So so the so the so the sub brand can outperform the main brand. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. That's interesting. Especially Mm -hmm. if you find that community. And like you were saying, it's it's a broader community outside of where it is that you're originally serving. So you you capture some zeitgeist of of something that people are are looking to do. And that's that's a a good thing for also, <laughs> I keep referring to last week, where you were saying stop when you get to yes. Well, mm-hmm. a lot of these high street banks, a lot of these large organisations have gone well beyond that, right? So how mm-hmm. do they then retrench to a yes? It sounds like building a sub-brand is a good way of doing that. I mean, I I really believe in that, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. because it all comes back to, and you use the word persona, and yeah. I think it goes further than that now, which is what we were just talking about, the notion of a community. So a group of people yeah. with a shared problem. So let's yeah. say you come back to, let's go back to gig. So yeah. one of the, there's two or three out there now um, that are yeah. fintech first, mm-hmm. um, using bank charters to mm-hmm. kind of get out there. So there's found, there's Dave, which is doing amazingly. But the one that I think is super interesting is called Moves or Move right. Financial. And what they've done is they've very specifically said, okay, gig worker, yeah, that's great. But we're going even more specific. We're going to deal wow. with the specific challenges of rideshare workers. Right. And I know because I've done uh, work on a on a gig prop before and really mm. researching the challenges of the, the rideshare workers. It is, mm-hmm. you know, fronting my petrol. You know, it's when yeah. business is slow, when I'm sick, when my car breaks down. So right. there's that whole thing about trading off cash advantages. There's yeah. the whole thing around um, when I'm doing my expenses, how do I separate my personal money from my 
you know, my work money. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's personal petrol? What's work petrol? Yeah. yeah. And then the third big thing that I found about them was they have this, as a group, a real entrepreneurial spirit. They're hustlers. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most people who are rideshare are doing two or three other things as well. They're yeah, in that real hustle yeah. economy. Yeah. So what Moves has done is it's just nailed those three things perfectly. Yeah. So they've got a, you know, a debit card which you use and you kind of earn money back on that mm-hmm. allows you once you've established your, you know, your good behavior, you can mm-hmm. get cash advances. So to cover right. all of those things and then right. the really cool thing about it is that they've developed a you can earn fractional stock right. in the company that you work for right wow. so what they're doing is based on you know how much you use your car the kind of points mm-hmm. that you're you're developing with usage great for mm-hmm. the bank yeah, yeah all that kind of revenue coming in from every time they use the card yeah. and then they're getting something back which is ownership in the rideshare business that they work for Wow. So it's a great example of nailing yeah, yeah, yeah. what matters. And I, I love that because I think from a content marketing perspective or, you know, you know, because I'm really here to try and apply some of these learnings from this book to, to other industries, I think that that's really interesting because it's very easy for us, let's say, in B2B tech or in any place, it's just mm-hmm. to focus on the needs that you immediately um solve with your product or your service yeah. right and that's yeah. the that's the very that's the narrow conversation i'm going to have with this audience when natural facts like these guys have they've discovered well actually there's all these other adjacent challenges this that my audience has and i might be able to help with those too right yeah. so it mm-hmm. gives people a much broader uh, um, um, you know and also i think when people start to trust you as a brand They'll start to trust you with other problems that they have or other needs that they have, won't they? And they'll, they'll extend how, what they're doing to transact with you because you've already demonstrated that trust. Yeah. No, I mean, I think yeah. that's, that's really, it's interesting to me. And what it does is once you've got that, you know, you, you are part of that community. And that's why I talk yeah. about rather than owning an audience, you're part of the yeah. community. Yeah. Then yeah. as long as the important thing is that you do stay really aligned yeah. with what really fits in here yeah yeah so, that you know what's the thing. next extension yeah that community thing keeps popping up in this conversation and again last week we talked about that a lot yeah. um so how do we actually make this happen i mean it sounds to me like it's a classic customer centric you know what are, what look looking at their persona from a broader perspective is that the sort of thing we're talking about here yeah, I mean, I think it comes back to, and again, we talked about it in the the last episode as well, yeah. is yeah. look outside. Yeah. Right. One of the bits yeah, of yeah. advice that, you know, we give in the book is for banks, credit unions, but it applies to everyone, stop fighting yeah. the fintechs. Yeah. yeah. So look at what people are doing that are really mm-hmm. successful, that are doing what you really wish you could do. Mm-hmm. And I bet if you looked at that, you could mm-hmm. do it as well. It's a question of reorganizing and putting yeah, the yeah. work in to make the ingredients that you've got into the solution that's in the market. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're such a a part of the fabric of society, as in a financial institution, right? Is that we're all, whatever it is that we're doing, there's a financial element to it. So I really like that move thing where you're, where you're really focusing on that part of somebody's life 
yeah. and, and owning that's really interesting all right so uh, uh, as we have been getting into the habit of of each of these things i'm going to ask you what are the three things you think that people need to take away uh from this yeah so i think number one and this mm-hmm. is my co-author is one of her favorite things that that yeah. she you know she she told me all the time when we worked together was yeah. make the decisions smaller Right. And part of the idea of starting with what have we got and yeah. how can we be creative with what we've got doesn't right. involve a million dollars technology investment. It doesn't right. involve necessarily getting in a, you know, a big team of consultants. Make mm-hmm. your decisions smaller by looking at what you've got and then applying mm-hmm. all of the creative thinking that's going to mm-hmm. allow you to look at it differently looking mm-hmm. outside looking it up you know coming back to we talked about in the the last episode you know the the guy from Imqua going out and looking at the Ritz Carlton yeah? yeah look up yeah. look forward and then really think about what you can do differently with what you have so that's yeah, I like one. that because some of the things you talk about are quite big things and seem to need big change and new brands and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but I like the idea of of getting the, the, the decision smaller. So what's the second thing we should pick up from this? So the th- second thing is, and a little bit, um, a big part of what the book is all about is that a lot of change can come from a mindset shift. Right. And this is going to sound really pedantic. <laughs> if you go into a session asking yourself the question, what should we do? Mm-hmm. You're up yeah. there building new brands. You're up there blue sky thinking. Yeah. If you go in with the mindset, what could we do? Right. That's a right. very different way that you might approach uh, what have we got, what's in the cupboard, what, yeah. you know, could we do differently? Yeah. yeah. Whereas no, most that. strategy work goes for the should, not the could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then I think um, – also, like, you know, reading the book and look at the notes, like, um, there's what can you do, like, is the is the really conservative way. What should is, like, miles into the future. And then I like this, what could I do? How do I help them with what things I've got already? But I'm slightly thinking outside the box. I like that. So what's the third one? So the third one, um, I think it really comes down to, and, and it's a recurring theme in the book, is... Uh-huh breaking out of silos right (laughs) yeah the remix is the classic example of kicking down silos Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so just because and the example I use and this is from a a kind of a real client um they kind of worked on a an idea for loyalty Mm -hmm. that a lot of money was invested in creating the infrastructure yeah. But it was on the retail side of the business. Right. But all the work that had been done here mm-hmm. was totally applicable to finding the right group of small business that were really motivated by rewards and loyalty and returns. Right. But yeah. having the conversation about all this infrastructure over here can be used over here and probably mm-hmm. really add more value, in fact. Yeah. was an anathema discussion because of siloed thinking. But yeah. if you break all those silos down, what have I got in the cupboard? Where else can I use it? 
Yeah, there's, there's no avoiding the silos when you talk about customer experience in any yeah. business, is there? There's no avoiding the fact that they have to be, you have to solve that problem of connecting. Some people talk about connecting silos, some talk about breaking them down. But anyway, something needs to happen with the silos. Well, that's a good way to end this particular episode, Liz. And when people spin the dial on the interwebs, where are they going to find you in the book? Um, you're going to find me on LinkedIn, uh, mm-hmm. Liz High. I think there's only one of me, so it should kind of come up <laughs> easily. I'm uh-huh. on Twitter, and yeah. the account is called Brand B4. That's letter B, number four, bank. Mm-hmm. And then we have a very conveniently um, named website, which is thinklikeabrandbook.com. Splendid. Well, I'll include links to that in the show notes, of course. And I look forward to our next episode, which will be Think Like a Brand number five. Um, and we'll be talking about remembering that product isn't what it used to be. So I'm intrigued by that. So I'm looking forward to yeah, hearing about that. Good <laughs> show. Well, I'll speak to you next week about your, your fourth principle. I'll see you there. So that's a wrap on the fourth episode of Think Like a Brand, Not a Bank, special for the Rockstar CMO Effing Marketing Podcast. I've been your host, Ian Truscott. Thanks to Liz for her insight and to you for dropping a dime into your podcast jukebox, selecting our track and driving along with us. I will include all the links to Liz and her book in the show notes, which you can find on your favorite podcast app or at rockstarcmo.com, where you can also find all our previous episodes. If you have any feedback or suggestions, spin the dial on the interwebs and say hello on the socials. We are Rockstar CMO just about everywhere. Email us at hello at rockstarcmo.com or please leave a rating or review in your favourite podcast. I'll be back with our usual show on Saturday with Jeff and Robert, when I'll also be talking to Todd Irwin, founder of the New York agency Phaser. Hope you'll again join us for that. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week. And thanks again for listening to Rockstar CMO FM. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.